Well, we've all had quite a lot to uh, process and juggle, haven't we, in this time? I think particularly uh, since the Prime Minister's announcement on Monday night, uh, with restrictions being uh, tightened even more. And things are changing a mile a minute. And I, I don't know what the lasting changes will be. I don't know what the indelible imprint will be on a generation of people and how we will view the world, how we will view ourselves and what the lasting impact will be. You know, things are changing so fast. But what is unchanging is God's word. And when you're looking for a firm foundation to stand on, this is it. And that's what I'm bringing to you tonight. I'm not an expert on coronavirus. I'm not bringing you good advice tonight. I'm bringing you good news. And what else I know at the moment is, is that we are at a crunch point. We're at a, a real crisis moment for the world, both as, as a church and as individuals. And it's a make or break situation for us as individuals. And how will we respond to Jesus as his followers? How we will do that has never been more important. Tonight, I want to ask the question, how can I live life to the full right now? How can I live life to the full right now? You might be thinking, Jamie, that sounds like a contradiction in terms right now. I'm just trying to survive. Don't talk to me about thriving. You know, everything about our lives feels restricted at the moment. And surely we're hemmed in rather than living expansively. And thinking about living life to the full is just a pipe dream at the moment. It's hypothetical. It's imagination. Well, let's have a look at John chapter 10. John chapter 10. Can I encourage you to, to have a look in your Bibles? And what I want to do is to have a look from the uh, beginning of, um, from verse 10, actually, in John 10. You see that, that, that famous uh, verse that many of you will know well, where Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And at the moment, we're seeing a lot of stealing and destroying and killing. And each one of us will be impacted by the coronavirus. Each person that we know and love will be impacted by it too. But where the enemy comes to take, Jesus, he comes to give. And this moment, yes, is a crisis. But we can also choose to reframe it as an opportunity that Jesus, he comes to give life and he comes to give life to the full. There's a quality and a quantity of life on offer here. How do we begin going about doing that, living life to the full in this season, in this unique, unprecedented season that we find ourselves in? We'll have a look there in verse 11. And in verse 14, that Jesus, he calls himself the good shepherd. Now, Jesus has been speaking to us a lot at HDC recently about being the good shepherd. It's come up in lots of sermons recently. It's come up in uh, the HDC daily that we've been uh, doing as well. 
And I see no reason to stop talking about Jesus being the good shepherd now that the uh, coronavirus is here. I think that God has been preparing the ground for us. He's been showing us, he's been revealing, he's been reminding us of him being a good shepherd and the importance of us knowing a good shepherd, even as, and particularly as, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. As you can see there in uh, in verses 12 and 13, Jesus, he contrasts himself being the good shepherd with uh, uh, being a hired hand or, or being a bad shepherd. The other morning on HDC Daily, I was looking at, at Matthew 9 and how Jesus, he saw the crowds and he saw them and he saw that they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And both there and also uh, here in John 10, there's the suggestion of sheep being helpless and even being uh, under attack, not being properly cared for by a shepherd. In the Old Testament, this sort of imagery um, uh, describes a lack of political leadership. In the New Testament, it's more so about a lack of spiritual leadership, a lack of spiritual care. But Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. We all need some pretty strong leadership right now. We need a shepherd. We desperately need a shepherd. Let's unpack a bit more about what that means. Have a look there in verse 14. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So as we're thinking about fullness of life and what that looks like, there's the context here of relationship. It's a case of knowing Jesus and being known by him. And he compares that, he relates it to his own relationship with uh, his father, God. In verse 15, he says, just as the father knows me and I know the father. So this is it's the closest possible bond of relationship here. It's knowing the tone of our shepherd's voice knowing his sense of humour, knowing uh, his accent, how he whistles, knowing what his, his crook is like, knowing his personality. We see that in verse 4, the importance of the sheep knowing the shepherd's voice. And it's so encouraging because it, it shows us just how much Jesus loves us, that he wants us to know him in the same way, in the very same way that he knows the Father. But at the same time, he's also saying that we are sheep. And basically, we're a bit clueless. We get lost very easily and we get caught in brambles all too easily. And we get distracted by lots of different voices. And we've just had a, a teaching series on Sundays on voices. I guess many of us will be wishing and many of us will be wishing that the rest of the world was uh, listening to Bill Gates when he gave that TED talk that, that Jagu referred to on Sunday about a, a coming pandemic. We are sheep and we're not very wise, we're not very clever. And this, this flock-like, this herd-like, if you will, mentality has not just sprung up uh, on us at the width of isolation and of empty shelves on the supermarket. 
The world, it's been heading in the direction of isolation and anxiety and frustration and discontent for quite some time now. The frenetic formula that the world has been living in has not been producing the results that we've been wanting. And let's be honest, it's not led to fullness of life. And what we've thought was fullness of life is not fullness. It's not fulfillment and it's far, far too complex. And what we have on offer here from Jesus is simplicity. It's simplicity that amidst all the complexity complexity that this simplicity of Jesus, he cuts through the complexity. It's the simplicity of listening to Jesus's voice. And what we're experiencing right now is a is a sort of stripping back of of our crutches, of our systems, of our very way of life. You know, and at what point are we going to wake up and smell the grass and realise that we've got nothing left than Jesus Christ? So how are you responding to the Good Shepherd right now? Are you listening very attentively to Every word that he says, every word that we see of his in the Bible and uh, the, the sensitivity of, of knowing his voice, his, his leading and guiding of us by his Holy Spirit. Are you getting familiar with his voice? The thing is, we will not find fullness of life apart from Jesus Christ. Fullness of life comes in knowing the Good Shepherd and, and, and seeking to live day by day, moment by moment, in the Good Shepherd's care. I was so interested uh, recently to, to listen to Mark Sayers, who, who pastors Red Church in Melbourne. And he was uh, talking about the film 13 Days and, and the Cuban Missile Crisis. And John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy uh, were talking about what would happen uh, when the world in this moment could have gone to a nuclear war. And there they are, the, the, basically the leaders of the free world in this hugely uh, crisis moment. And the hawks are saying uh, that they should bomb Cuba and the diplomats are saying not to do it. And so uh, JFK and RFK, these two brothers in such um, positions of leadership and authority, they, they go away to a, um, a side room. And uh, Bobby asks his brother, uh, JFK, the, the president, where are the old men that we can go to to get wisdom on this? And JFK replies that we're young, but I think now we're the old men. You know, this is a, a crunch point for uh, you and me. We're not playing games. The, the stakes are high. The comparisons to wartime um, have been laboured enough. But we don't have to go it alone. We might not feel very wise, but we don't have to go it alone. Are you listening to God's voice right now? We don't have a roadmap for the situation that we find ourselves in right now, but we do have a good shepherd. He, he is looking ahead of us. He knows what's coming before we do. And any resilience that you and I will get from this time we're going through in our lives, it will only come through relationship. 
the, the strength that we will uh, build is only in knowing the Good Shepherd, of, of a closeness of relationship with God. This is the time to uh, be drenched in God's word and to be led uh, day by day, hour by hour, minute by minute, by the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Fullness of life as, as individuals and fullness of life as the church comes when people get to the end of themselves. Jago said on Sunday that we must, as a church and as individuals, uh, not become inward fo focusing, uh, but we must um, not retreat inwards, but focus and focus on survival. But we must expand outwards and focus on revival. And the revival that we long to see in London, in our world, revival too comes when people get to the end of themselves. When the church gets to the end of itself and relies totally and completely and utterly on Jesus Christ. Because God moving in power and, and the Holy Spirit showing up and moving in great power comes from a place of complete dependence of complete weakness and complete trust in Jesus Christ. And where the enemy would want to divide us and conquer us, we will stay together. We will stay in fullness of life if we listen very attentively to the voice of the Good Shepherd. The coronavirus may have scattered the flock, yet the, the shepherd is still good. He's still with us and he's still watching over us. The writer of Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. He is the good shepherd for all our ways. And the coronavirus hasn't stopped that. It's only heightened our awareness of our need for the good shepherd. What else can we pick out from this passage? Well, in, in verse 16, Jesus says, I have other sheep that are not of this sheepfold. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. We must never lose sight of this. Jesus is the one who talks about the shepherd who leaves the 99 uh, to go and find the one who is lost. And we know that at the moment it's the other way around. That actually there's only the equivalent of one sheep in the fold and 99 the vast majority are not in his flock and jesus says i must bring them also he has this obsession he has this this passion and compassion for those who do not yet know him who do not know the shepherd's voice the people that will find uh, fulfillment and freedom and fullness of life in him and how do we extend that fullness and freedom of life to others. What is the message that we have? Well, firstly, there's, there's salvation. There in verse nine, uh, Jesus says, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. You know, this is only through knowing Jesus, knowing him as, as your good shepherd. And Jesus, in this passage, he uses several different uh, images interchangeably. He talks about being a shepherd, about being a gate. But Jesus is the only gate. He is the only entrance to fullness of life here. He's the only gate. He's the only entrance from death to life. 
here. And that is what we have on offer to people, the, the salvation of Jesus Christ, the unique uh, salvation that we see in Jesus Christ. Secondly, in in um, verse nine, we see uh, Jesus says that they will come in and go out and find pasture. You know, this is security. This is nurture. Two things that the world is craving right now. And here, in the company of Jesus, sheep can um, grow through nourishment and through the food that he provides. And so what we find is security. It's not found within um, the walls of the enclosure, but through the closeness of the shepherd, of being close to Jesus Christ. And that is what we have on offer to people, is, is salvation. It's, it's death to life, but it's also uh, knowing uh, the shepherd's care. And that is what the world desperately needs, both of those things. And finally, we see there in, um, in verses 11, in verse 15, verse 17 and 18, that Jesus, he lays down his life for the sheep. The key to um, your and my fullness of life is in Jesus Christ's death. And so this quality of life and this, this quantity of life of being taken from death to life and experiencing life in the full. Jesus, he has already won that for us. The work is done. He's won it for us by laying down his life so that you and I, we can always know fullness of life in him, even in the midst of our current circumstances. And amidst the hoarding of things and and craving of things and supplies and clutching at the last packet of pasta in Sainsbury's. We see NHS workers at the moment giving so sacrificially. And we see children being told that the key to putting away their worries is actually not to be inward focused, but to be outward focused and to care for others needs. But Jesus is the ultimate one that we look to, who has given so sacrificially in order that we may receive. Paul writes in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Jesus does not have a scarcity mentality. And neither should we. Everything that we need is in, gene, is in Jesus. Life itself and fullness of life. And everything that we need, everything that we could possibly desire or want or need is found in Jesus Christ. How do we experience this? How do we become more like him in being generous and sacrificial? in our giving, in a time such as this? Well, listen to Jesus. Follow Jesus. Depend on him. Listen very, very closely to his voice. Listen to the voice of your shepherd. We can only do this one day at a time, one hour at a time. We don't know what's coming, but but Jesus does. We, we look to him in daily dependence for practical provision. And we look to him for eternal provision the things that are growing in us that will continue into the eternal life that we will continue to experience beyond this world and beyond these troubles, the eternal provision of the fruit of his Holy Spirit. There's 
a daily fullness and there's an eternal fullness on offer here for you and for me. It happens as we focus on Jesus' unique love for each one of us that we see there in verse 17. And therein, in verse 18, that he wanted to lay down his life for us. But also that in verse 18, that resurrection will follow. And that is our hope in Jesus Christ. That the very worst thing that can happen to us, if we are in Jesus Christ, is never the final thing that will happen to us. That we can have an eternal mindset about our present problems. We see Jesus' obedience, that where we fail, where we get it wrong, we can be encouraged because of Jesus' perfect performance, his, his selfless love for you and for me. And we can look to him to transform us, to live life in sacrifice and service and obedience, knowing that we don't have to grasp onto things. We don't have to hold onto things. We don't have to keep on to anything other than Jesus Christ himself. All the fullness of life is found in Jesus Christ. Coronavirus hasn't changed that, and nothing else will. In the name of Jesus. Amen.